welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is being a part of something bigger than yourself. The first time I heard this phrase was when I entered into my sobriety program. And it was recommended to me that I get a home group. Well, what does that mean? You know, I... I I didn't even know how to become a member <laughs> of AA, much less how to get a home group. Do I have to pay dues like a sorority? Do I get initiated? Is there an interview? You know, I had no idea what was happening. Um, so, by the way, the answer to all of these is no. You just have to have a desire to stop drinking. So, anyway, I just, um, you know, I was clueless about about all of this and, and didn't know, uh, what exactly I needed to do. So a home group is exactly that. It's a group that you call home, a place that hopefully will allow you to cultivate a sense of belonging when the time arrives that you are meeting your basic needs, um, after you stopped drinking, like we talked about, um, yesterday. Was that yesterday or the day before? I don't know. It all runs together. So, um, a home group is like your base camp. You attend most of the meetings and you volunteer for service positions like coffee maker or greeter. And, um, eventually you can host meetings, which just means that you, do kind of the logistics stuff before the meeting starts and just make sure everybody, you know, that we stay on topic and stuff like that. So being a part of something bigger than myself in my role in the sobriety program allows me to join a community that has a common purpose. And the common purpose of AA is to stay sober and help others to achieve sobriety. Um, There are also more uh, called traditions. And so these are things like um, supporting our common welfare, carrying the message to other suffering alcoholics. We have no opinions on outside issues, etc. So The importance of having these traditions and purpose is, uh, well, especially this, I'll just, I'll give you an example. So there was a guy, um, we'll call him Bob, who was in a meeting that I used to go to. Um, So I went every, every Saturday morning and Um, one day I showed up in a sweater that had my company's logo on it. Um, if that, if a person happened to know that logo, um, they may have an opinion on where I worked. It was, it was very unusual. (laughs) It was very odd. The whole thing was very odd. But this guy had a strong opinion about where I worked. And so every day after the meeting, every Saturday after the meeting, he would come up to me 
and start asking me questions about where I worked. It was very inappropriate. And to the point where I started like trying to avoid him, he would like make a beeline for me after the meetings to come ask me questions about where I worked. And so um, eventually I just started trying to avoid him and told him that I didn't want to talk about it anymore. That's what I ended up doing. And so, so that was over. But it was really um, unfortunate and because I wanted to stop going to the meeting because I was so uncomfortable with him asking me about where I worked because I knew he didn't like where I worked. So um, the reason that we have these, these traditions is so that doesn't happen because we have a single purpose. And the single purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. And when you start bringing in opinions about outside things, it can stand in the way of somebody's sobriety. So um, that's, that's really, you know, I was already at the point where in my early sobriety that I was barely even self-accepting at this point. And we know from Wednesday's episode about needing self-acceptance in order to create a sense of belonging, um, this was dangerous for this guy to be kind of adding a new obstacle for me. Um, to continue to go to that meetings. So, um, so having this sense of belonging and adding a shared purpose begins this mutually transformative community. It's like growing your own family. That's what it felt like. And they say you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. I would challenge that. You can cultivate a family-like feeling. And it's what we do, like when we fall in love. We learn about ourselves through the other person. And we begin to accept ourselves more. Um, especially when we're seeing this other person accept all of our imperfections, it, it lets us see that, hey, maybe I can accept my imperfections too. Um, it's similar to what they say in the program, uh, we will love you until you love yourself. That's a lot, for me at least, of what I have experienced in um, really, really healthy relationships um, like the one that I have now. And, um, when we have, uh, a strong relationship, we lean on each other through hard times and we tell others that we're committed to each other. We start calling ourselves we instead of I, because we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Any relationship is being part of something bigger than yourself. 
But imagine building that kind of commitment to many or dozens or hundreds, thousands of people that are all united by a single purpose. And the purpose is to live against all odds. This is what I experienced in sobriety. These people are my family now. It's a whole new giganto family that I got to add to the family that I already have. And I remember back when I was going to that meeting where Bob was, there were there was this other gentleman, older gentleman, and he really felt like a grandpa to me. He was like over 80. I, I think he was 90, actually. And he just, he felt like a grandfather to me, you know. And then there was a woman there who who seemed like like a mom type role. And there were like these gaps that I was feeling in my life, like my grandfather had passed away. So this guy was almost like filling, without him even knowing, was filling this sort of role for me. And, um, and then it became just a bunch of, you know, sisters and brothers and and so that's that's kind of the feeling that I started getting when I was going to these meetings. And um, this was just in my first couple years of sobriety. Since then, um, now I've really transitioned because we moved. So I've transitioned to this whole new network of people. And I feel that even more. And I talked about that uh, a couple days ago in... Um, having a sense of belonging. So wouldn't it be something if we went to college and when we got there, we were all shaking our hands and we're like, yeah, I'm here to learn. Yeah, get after it. (laughs) Or we move into a neighborhood and all the families burst out of their homes with like homemade pies and all the dudes have football jerseys. All the women have their their female version of the football jerseys on. And they invite us over to the Sunday football lawn, lawn party. And we're like, we all love each other and we welcome you. And it, that just doesn't happen. None of that. It doesn't happen in my life. Maybe it happens in some people's lives, but it doesn't happen in my life. Um, you know, my sister that this just struck me, my sister moved out, uh, to a new area and she's been telling me about all these new friends and these new, um, I don't know, groups that she's, she's now become friends with and, and she's volunteering a lot and, and being a part of a lot. And I think she's probably met more people in her new neighborhood that she just moved into, mind you. Like, it's been less than a year. 
than I have met in the four years that I've been in this neighborhood. And it's really, I think, because I don't do a lot of seeking uh like relationships with people in the neighborhood. I do a little bit. Like I try to say hi. Um, I When I got my dog and I started walking my dog, that's when I really started to meet people. When I didn't have my dog, like nobody was saying hi to me. But as soon as I got the dog, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And, um, and those are the people that I've met in the neighborhood. Actually... I was walking my dog yesterday and there's this older man who lives across the street and like five houses down from me and he's like this adorable older man. He's just, uh, he, he's, he's to himself and I have tried to say hi to him and um, he has not responded to me. And I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe he's a grouchy old man. And so yesterday I was walking my dog and we were walking back and he was bringing his recycle bin out and taking his trash can back in. And so I had my, my Weimar on her dog and she's very trained. And we, um, I, I said, Autumn, wait. And so we stood there while he drop down his um, recycle bin and took his trash can in. And then I said, okay. And we started walking and he looked up at me and he said, good morning. And I had this gigantic uh, smile on my face from ear to ear. I'm like, the old man said hi. The old man said hi. And um, I said, good morning. I was probably very, very animated when I said, but I was so excited that he said hi to me. And I'm like, I'm in. Um, anyway, uh, there are there are some people who are a little out, more outgoing than others. And um, I talked about my kids a lot yesterday, and I'm going to give them as, as an example also, because my kids are very different from one, one another. And so my daughter was one of those kids, still is, well, she's not a kid anymore, but she was one of those kids who would walk right up to somebody and say, will you be my friend? She actually has a story about it. One of her best friends, that's how they became friends. She walked right up to her and said, will you be my best friend? <laughs> and, uh, and she just has this like innate not only need, I mean, we all have an innate need to belong. That's part of like the, the basic needs, but she has this, um, I guess, I don't know, courage to do something about it. And, um, and so it starts up for all of us. It starts by showing up, you know, just showing up. That's the one thing that we all do the same is show up. Some of us even more than others show up. I know like my sister again and her husband <laughs> have been showing up to all the all the local rodeos and such in the neighborhood that she moved into. And that's how she's making all of these 
friends and connections and um and so uh showing up is is the key to starting that that uh being a part of something bigger than yourself so um now here's something interesting when i was thinking about my kids <clears throat> my kids my son would appear to be one of those who has a harder time connecting with other people because he's quieter. He still shows up just like my daughter shows up, but he doesn't walk right up to somebody and say, will you be my best friend? I mean, maybe he's changed over the years, but he never used to be. So you would think that he would have a harder time being a part of something bigger than himself, right? Well, that's not the case, though, because my daughter will approach a person in a crowd and say hello, which takes courage. However, my son will walk past all the people having conversations and walk out to the microphone on stage and bear his soul to the crowd. Yet neither of them has a better shot at having a sense of belonging or being a part of something bigger than themselves. Because it doesn't matter what they do. You know, neither one may put their head down that night with a feeling that they were a part of something bigger than themselves at that event. It doesn't matter how they behave. It's what they desire. I had the desire to stop drinking. And without that desire, who I am and what I do doesn't matter. In this current current state that I'm in during these early stages of recovering from my stroke with vision impairment and headaches and migraines, I find myself finding more purpose in each thing I do. And I think it's because I need to evaluate the impact of each thing I do a little more than I ever did before. You know, I have to see what's going to hurt my head. And I'm really only doing things that I have some sort of desire or purpose or passion behind it. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Otherwise, I don't have time for it. <laughs> Meaning it's so taxing on my on my head um, that I don't waste my time with it. I'm only getting involved in things that Again, I'm passionate about, I have some sort of purpose or desire to do so. So because of that, what I'm finding is community. And I'm being drawn to others with a common purpose. And whether that is listening to new podcasts And starting to build relationships with other podcasters because that's going to help me get the word out 
on my side, you know, um, and in return, common purpose, I can help them as well. Um, stroke survivor support groups. This is something that I've been really happy about starting to get involved in. And same thing, common purpose. We all want to learn how to live uh, a more joyful life with uh, considering the impairments that we have. Um, I think I'm starting to give a shit more about things. Like, I've always cared, but I... I really blow things off a lot. I always have. I know that it has agitated lots of people in my life that I, I'll just blow things off. And I'm finding a lot more, um, I don't know, passion for what I'm doing now. And... Because of that, I seem to be connecting more to others that have the same passion. You know, what I'm thinking of while I'm talking is, because I was mentioning my kids, I'm thinking about my daughter playing soccer and how uh, tight that soccer team was and how they all had a common purpose, you know. Um, I think about my son's relationship with all of these musicians and how it's just like this unspoken shared purpose that they have, you know. Um, so I think I think that the purpose here, or I shouldn't use the word purpose, I think the point here is that I want to make sure that I continue to give my actions purpose. And as long as I do that, I will continue to grow uh, these being a part of these different communities and being a part of, of something that's bigger than myself. I, today, there were a couple times that I walked down into the kitchen and I was standing there and I was like, you know, I was like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? And there were a part of me was like, I don't really feel like doing anything, which I don't, which is uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that way. Um, I can't, I don't want to stop and because it makes me feel, um, and I'm sure other people in recovery feel this way from a stroke, like, I don't want to stop because it makes me start thinking about feel, feeling sorry for myself. And, and I don't want to feel sorry for myself. I don't think I should feel sorry for myself. I've got a lot, 
a lot of great things in my life. And, um, but I, what it made me feel like today is that I need to continue to get more involved, um, with other people. Like I made danishes today. They were spot on. My boyfriend said that, um, they tasted just like they were out of a vending machine. So he said, he started laughing and he's like, and that's a good Danish. That's the best Danish. So they were pretty good. They were uh, made with homemade blueberry jam on the inside, and they were pretty fabulous. So uh, anyway, I can find a million things to do each day, you know, um, by myself. But I need to prioritize being a part of something bigger than myself. And I'm trying to discover what that is still. And I think that's why I've, I've been really drawn to trying to make connections um, to these support groups and podcasts and, and LinkedIn and stuff like that. The problem is with my vision impairment and my headaches, I have a really hard time. I have to just do like five minutes or something a day where I can go on a social media and I can really only look at whatever post is at the top of my social media. Um, but if anybody were to want to recommend some social media um, groups or podcasters or something like that to me, please message me um, on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram I'll put all of my contact information in the description of this episode because that would be really helpful for me if that information was given to me because my challenge is going out on the internet. I can't scroll or do much reading or anything to find these uh, groups and, and these things that I can be a part of out in the world. So... Anyway, I have a plea for help, and <laughs> that's all I got. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.